Hey guys, I'm The Philosopher and we've got two very important topics to talk about. We have the event that was the release, essentially event for MK11, the unveiling of it, so to speak. And then we also have Street Fighter V Capcom doing the SFL, the Street Fighter V League. Two very important topics that I think are very important to me. But before we get into that, I have to explain what the show is all about. It's about leveling up inside and outside the virtual arena, which means that I'm always trying to talk about these topics in the sense of growth. What can we learn from these experiences? What can we do to get better? How can we learn from our failures? So be it. A lot of times I have guests on the show and they help me convey that idea. I do that by asking them questions and understanding how they think so that we can all level up inside and outside the virtual arena. Let's get right into this topic. I think before we get into MK11, which is the topic I really, really want to talk about, but Street Fighter V, I think is something we should really look at and consider. So the first topic is the Street Fighter V League or the Street Fighter League. And this is essentially where it's a three-on-three -three team and there's an uh, invitational of sorts. And I'll break that down for you guys. So for whatever reason, the original post, at least when I was looking for it as I'm recording this, I couldn't find the original post. So I actually went to Event Hubs and got this source and it looks like they pulled it right from Capcom directly. For whatever reason, the, the post by Mark Martin isn't working right now, but let me know if it's up later on because I'd like to see what the original post is if it has anything that isn't mentioned in the Event Hubs article. So right here, it says that there will be six teams in the league made up of three players, each battling it out to take home the championship prize. Team captains will be chosen from the top ranked players from the CBT North American leaderboards. The second slot of each team will be filled by top players for special online qualifiers. And the third and final will be made up of players voted in by the community at large. Now, to me, that is a big deal. That is something that shows that Capcom is at least trying to engage the audience in some way while also keeping their eSport alive, keeping their game alive, potentially for Street Fighter VI. A lot of people have speculated that the end, like this whole Season 4 situation, has been essentially Capcom testing out a bunch of different things in order to make Street Fighter VI, which will be what Street Fighter V should have been. Uh, sometimes companies are willing to let a game fail in order to get a lot of information. This isn't something exclusive to game developers. This is a pretty common business method in a lot of different areas because you make something, you get information that's really valuable. So here's the thing that I find very, very interesting. I know a lot of people are turned off on this concept, but I'm actually very curious to see how this develops within the world of, of Street Fighter V or Street Fighter in general. So it says here that the North American Street Fighter Pro League is introducing a character ban where teams ban any one character at the beginning of each match. Players on the same team must auto-select different characters from their teammates during matches so competitors who can balance multiple fighters may be at an advantage over character specialists for an added level of strategic play. Now, I've seen some posts online, and I wish I pulled them earlier, but I, you know, you, you can look them online on, on Twitter, but I've seen some people very turned off by this because some people, the argument is that certain people dedicate their time to learning one specific character, and those people are getting punished for it. Now, I, I can relate to that because I only know how to play one character competitively, which is kind of funny because I just now started learning a new character on a different account from the ground up trying to build my fundamentals, but that's an aside. Personally, I think this is a very smart but also very risky way to keep the competitive scene in Street Fighter V alive. Like, 
honestly, there are games that are way more exciting than Street Fighter V to watch. I love Street Fighter V. I play Street Fighter V. It's probably the only game I'm going to continue to compete in outside of DOA. But I have to admit, compared to watching other games, it's not as exciting in my opinion. It's exciting to people who play the game, but I feel like it's not as exciting to people who don't understand the game because they just don't understand and appreciate how in-depth it actually is. They just see it as some crappy game, which is unfortunate. Everyone has their own opinion, but I just feel personally, as a person who loves Street Fighter V, is not as visually appealing competitive-wise on the main stage. Anyways, personally, I think that this new level of strategy is a risky move, but I think it will encourage people to learn multiple characters because that becomes part of the meta of Street Fighter V. If they can successfully create this league and have it grow into something that's even bigger, this could change the way people look at Street Fighter V as a whole, how they play it. A lot of people do just dive into one character, myself included. So I think that if people walk in with a mindset of the competitive version of this game is knowing multiple characters, I think people that are new to Street Fighter VI probably, when they're just getting into that and understand that the meta is that, I think that's going to be something very fascinating to watch from a competitive level. It's going to be exciting. You're going to see these mixture of three different people and they're going to have to mix and match characters. The people who really want this are going to probably do it if the pay is good enough to do it. So it's probably going to happen if enough funding is behind it. So you're going to find some people who were character specialists either pairing up with people who know multiple characters to kind of compensate or they're going to be more people actually learning multiple characters. This is something that's done by Capcom. The Capcom Pro Tour was pretty well funded. I think it was pretty successful. I think it's grown since it originally started. That's just my opinion on it. Maybe other people disagree, but I think financially, they can sustain doing something like this, especially with the other successes they've been doing with their other games. Now, I know this is a completely different like section, but I can't help but think that funding is exchanged within the different pockets of like sub-developers. And then the last little bit of information from their post from Capcom's release that I want to talk about is just their reason for doing it. They say here that we thought adding team play to Street Fighter V tournament series would bring a compelling layer of strategy and drama to the format. This is coming from Ono. I mean, he's the guy that's somewhat responsible for this game. He's the executive producer, or he's the producer. So Yoshinori Ono says, We hope our fans will enjoy the fresh perspective on Street Fighter Esports. Street Fighter Esports. The way he says that. Now, whether he's authentic or not is another argument, but the fact that he throws in the word Street Fighter Esports in my mind, when someone is saying that, that means they're dedicating to actually creating something competitive like the Capcom Pro Tour. So if they're releasing this league and they're already talking in the world of esports, like they, they're, they're going full competitive, full supporting their own esports like League of Legends. One of the reasons why League of Legends is so successful is because the tournaments were actually held by the developers themselves. Riot actually held the tournaments. The Street Fighter community had been throwing their own tournaments for the longest time before Capcom actually got involved. So this is something relatively new within the history of Street Fighter V, at least from my perspective. Anyways, he continues, and will be analyzing their feedback to incorporate in future seasons of the League. Future seasons of the League, not future seasons of Street Fighter V. I think that's also another, not sleight of hand or anything like that, but just a clear, blatant saying that there's going to be another Street Fighter, or at least another Capcom League, um, but I'm, I'm sure it's going to be within the Street Fighter series or whatever it's called. So yeah, that is something that I think is very fascinating to watch. I'm excited to see where it goes. So I'm curious to know what you guys think and where you think it's going to go. Let me know in the comments down below. All right, so the topic that I actually really, really wanted to talk about is MK11. And not just the game, not just the tournament itself, but the entirety of the actual release party that they did, the release event, 
Now, I haven't seen the entirety of it, but I watched the actual exhibition. It's not really a bracket tournament or anything like that, but it was it was sick either way. Um, I watched some of the reveal of it, and then I watched uh, like gameplay and stuff like that. So there's more footage I got to watch. I'm going to go watch it later on. I'm going to actually enjoy it as if I was watching it live. That's just kind of how I enjoy watching it. But anyway, the entirety of the event. This is something that I think game developers should learn from, and also even just people who are influential within the FGC and want to see the FGC grow, I thought this was a great example of how to do that. I really think that Ed Boon really knows how to grow a community, whether he does it consciously or he's just that kind of dude. He seems pretty laid back, so I don't feel like it's something that, you know, he's some marketing master. I think he just loves fighting games, loves the community, and wants to make a game for the community. A lot of other developers want to make games to make money, and that's okay too. But I feel like Ed Boon like, just makes a game that he really, really likes or other people that he knows really, really likes and then like shares that with people. The entire game was celebrated by mistakes and like the weird combos and all that kind of stuff. Like He kept that stuff in there. He did it consciously. I feel like all the games that he makes, he really, really tries to get information from the community and then he actually delivers. Not just, hey, I'm going to get this information from you, but then I'm going to release something that has nothing to do with anything that I was talking about down here. It's actually looking at this and getting the random characters and trying to really uh it seems like impress us legitimately or authentically i think that's a developer that you know capcom can learn from i think that's a developer that a lot of other game developers outside of fighting games can learn from to be honest with you so in case you guys don't know and i'm going on and on about this without you guys knowing uh, essentially they released like it was like a two to four hour event where they demonstrated the game ed boom was actually there showing the game how it worked they had a commentator they had uh, ultra david and i think Someone who worked on the game or is uh, works for Capcom, like kind of breaking it down and co-commentating co with them. And so as they're doing these high-level matches with like Sonic Fox and uh, Gur, and I think Scar was there as well, and Hayate, uh, you get to see this high-level play with someone breaking it down and seeing like, you get to see the pros learn the game in real time because they only had like, what, like a, a day or something to kind of work with it, but that wasn't going to be enough time. So they had to like fight at a competitive level because they wanted to win. They're competitive. That's what they want to do. So they're trying to like figure out as much as they can in real time in order to watch these matches. So you get to see just how the pros play it and how they figure it out and how the game probably should be played just like right off the bat. It's really fascinating to see in my opinion. And it's so awesome that they got to share that rather than just doing it behind closed doors. We all got to see it as well. So that's just, that's really, really sick. And I don't know how appreciated that is going within people who don't actually play MK. Like, I don't really play MK like that, but I think that they really make great games for their community. NRS players love NRS games because the games are made for them. Every new iteration, he's always trying to do something new and impress people and make sure that the fans are happy. Not just to pander to them, to legitimately make a good game that they're going to play and continue to compete in. Competitive gaming at this point is kind of wrapped into NRS, whereas a lot of other games is not as much. I don't know. Maybe that's just me reaching. Let me know what you think down below. But anyways, I gotta mention, like, character-wise, they only showed a few characters. They didn't go into all of them, but I think they had Raiden, they had Scarlet, they had Scorpion, Sub-Zero, which they didn't show at all. They had Baraka. They had a new character named Garrus as well. And I might be missing one or two more characters, but I don't remember seeing them. But the important part is the dude Garrus or Jarrus? I think it's Garrus. It's like G-E-R-A-S. And the dude 
I, I, it's too early to say, and I'm not going to play the game competitively, but I'm going to dabble in it, and he looks at the characters that I want to try. He's like a mixture of Atrocitus, Dr. Fate, and Shazam, all three characters that I actually played at some point within all the Injustice games. So that's going to be really interesting to see. The dude has like full screen, like pick you up and carry you over there, and then he has a different version of that same grab if he gets you into the wall. So he like just kicks you into the wall. It's pretty sick. It's cool. It's, it's something that I, I think I'm going to enjoy playing. I like Sub-Zero just historically. I always used to play Sub-Zero whenever I, you know, I button mash and eventually I learned how to play it in like MK9, uh, MK10, MK10, MKX. I played a little bit here and there, but I just, I, my life was really crazy around the time when like MKX and other games were out. So I didn't get a chance to play these games consistently. And if it was no consistency, I was just not going to play it at all. Uh, I was just how competitive I am. I want to be able to dedicate time to it or just not waste my time getting excited for it and then quitting it. And then within the tournament itself, you got to see Sonic Fox going up against Rewind. And then he also fought somebody else, uh, another player named Tweety. I'm curious to see if Sonic Fox is going to maintain dominance again. He, he's the only person that had two matches, and he won both of them pretty uh, <laughs> pretty unanimously, in my opinion. I think he 2-0'd both of them, but the game is still new. So they have a lot of time to really figure it out. I'm just curious to see how that's all going to unfold within the world of uh, you know esports, essentially. So the event was awesome. I'm excited for Street Fighter V, the league, the SFL. I'm curious to see where that's going to go. I'm also curious to see what you guys think about all this. I'm very fascinated by this kind of stuff. I, I never really talked about it in show format, but it's something I think about very regularly because I have a weird background within the world of game development and and fighting games and, and esports and stuff like that. But I just I never shared it with you guys. And so I, I kind of want to see what you guys think because I do want to talk about this kind of stuff more often. But I tend to be a more long-winded talker, which is why I do a podcast format, because I have a lot of thoughts in my head, and I want to share it with you guys, and then also get feedback from you. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. If you got all the way to the end, and you like what I said, or you're interested, or you agree, or you disagree, please feel free to comment down below. Hit that subscribe button so that you can get updates whenever I do a new podcast or any new other content. And if you guys are return followers and you like what I do and you want to help support me and continue to grow so that I can get my production quality better, go ahead and check out patreon.com. As little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Anyways, that said, thank you guys so much. I'm the philosopher. And as always, I'll see you guys in the next one.